I don't remember uh, what night it was this week. It may have been uh, very early Monday morning. No, it had to be early Wednesday morning, maybe. I got up early. I sometimes get up early. got up very early and uh, looked at my emails, and there was one from a dear friend of Robin's and mine from Victoria. Uh, they're an hour ahead of us, and so he had gone to bed after 12.39, because that's when he sent the email, um, AM, to let us know that his daughter, who I'm guessing is 27, had passed away that evening. She was a young lady who was four years old when we moved to Victoria. She was a year older than our son, Adam. And so Robin and I have known her pretty much her whole life. When she was about 14, she all of a sudden, like, it just came out of nowhere. She, uh, she started doing drugs when she was 14 and, uh, and started running away and staying gone all the time. And this was associated with a boyfriend that she had uh, obtained. She got a boyfriend and he immediately led her down a path that was very negative and she never recovered. So from 14 on, she has been a mess. I mean, you name it. I mean, intense drug use, uh, all kinds of problems, uh, you know, ended up in a, an incredibly uh, immoral lifestyle in order to support her drug habit. And you can probably imagine what I'm talking about when I say that. And one of the things that struck me when I saw this email uh, was just how unfulfilled her potential was. She had loving parents, loving siblings, loving church family. Uh, there was an awful lot about her life that was uh, was really of advantage to her. But it didn't take much to draw her away and put her in a position where she was not able to at all be what God wanted her to be. And she's a typical example of just a tragic, tragic life. Well, we're sometimes like that in our spiritual lives. I mean, a huge contrast, obviously, between our behaviors and our lifestyle and our direction, a huge contrast between where we want to be and where she ended up. But we have unfulfilled potential too. There are so many times when I think about what the church could be or what we as individuals could be, but our potential is not completely filled. And that's kind of what we were talking about last week when we talked about being filled with the Spirit. And I talked at the end, used a couple of uh, verses to kind of make the point that there's something we can do in offering ourselves to God that kind of puts us in a position where we're ready to be filled by God to a fullness of overflowing. We looked at this scripture. Offer yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. And when you do, there is something that happens. There is a chance for a fulfillment of life that is present in you when you offer yourselves like that. And we made the point that we need to offer ourselves to God. We also talked about being filled in response to an asking. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And we were just making the point 
that when we ask God's Spirit to bless us, when we're open and offering our hearts to Him and asking God, come and fill me with the presence of your Spirit, that He does. And there's that possibility of, of presence of God among us through His Spirit, which is powerful and effective and lifts us up beyond where we could be. Well, this week, I want to give you some even greater news, in a sense. And the greater news is that there is this amazing spirit of holiness that we can have. Not just the presence of God, but the holiness of God that we long for. If I was to ask any of you this morning, are you as holy as you'd like to be? If I said to Heather, Heather, are you just as holy as you'd like to be? Have you reached that epitome of holiness? you say, oh, I'm just right there. I think she would say no. Now, I know Heather. Heather's, I think, on the grand scale of things, pretty holy. Don't be embarrassed. Okay? Don't be embarrassed. I, I'm just wanting to honor you for a moment and say that it's wonderful that you're the person that you are. But is she everywhere that she wants to be? No. She's not. And I could go around and ask any of you the same thing. I could go to my lovely wife, who is as precious a woman there is in the world, who is as holy a woman as I know, and I could say to you, Robin, would you like to be any better than you are, or do you think you've just reached the epitome? And she would say, I haven't reached the epitome. She would say, I have a long ways to go. Now she might say, I'd like to be more like my mother. Well, I know her mother. And she's a wonderful lady. But she's got a long ways to go too. And we all do. We all recognize that. We all need to say, in fact, something like Paul would say, I'm actually the chiefest of sinners. Here we are striving to be what God wants us to be. But Paul would say, and Paul was pretty holy, I would like to be better because I am the chiefest of sinners. So we have a lot of progress to make. There are wonderful blessings that come with being filled by God's Spirit, one of which is the blessing of holiness or sanctification, which simply means, because you know we use this language sometimes like sanctification, everybody says, what is that? It's kind of a churchy word, isn't it? But it simply means you think, you speak, and you behave in godly ways. That's all it means. We move in the direction of being what God wants us to be. Now, the wonderful blessing today, as we look at these passages that I'm about to show you, is that there is incredible hope and the possibility of moving in a positive direction as far as your own personal holiness. So if you think that you're just stuck and you think, I can't move forward. I've been working at this for a long time to be what God wants me to be, but I just can't seem to, to get out of this rut. Let me give you some hope this morning. There is an incredible power that is available to us to be what God wants us to be, and I know it because of passages like this. Second Corinthians three seventeen and 18. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And when he says freedom there, he means freedom from sin. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so there can be the possibility of transformation, real transformation taking place because the Spirit who is there living within us and available to us through Christ, he's in the business of transforming us. He's in the business of moving us along from one level of glory to another. That's what he wants to do in our lives. And we have the chance, the opportunity, to be moved just like that by his spirit, if indeed his spirit lives within us. Look at this passage, Romans seven eighteen through 20. Now, this one is exactly the opposite of what I'm talking about this morning. 
I know that nothing good good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. That's exactly the opposite of where we want to be. But isn't the case that if I went around, even to Heather this morning, and I said, where are you at with respect to sin in your own life? So many of you, and Kelly himself, would be able to read Paul's words too often and say, that is a little bit too close to home. I feel a bit like that. There are times when the person that I want to be, I'm just not that person. And I long to be different. Well, it'd be tragic if we ended right there. If I just said to you, man, Paul kind of spoke the truth here and that's just where we're all at. Can't move beyond that. (laughs) Thank God that Jesus came and saved us because we can't really make any progress. We just need salvation so badly. But that's not where we're at. That's not the end. That's not the last verse in the New Testament about this subject. And so we look at this one too. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 9. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. Okay, that's, we've just seen that. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however... And when he says you, however, he says you Christians, you Christians, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Now, do you belong to Christ? Are you in Christ? Have you come to Christ? If you have, Paul says here that the spirit lives within you. And if the spirit lives within you, then the sinful nature is transformed. There's a change that takes place. We can be different because of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And that is an incredible promise. That means that there was a power for you available when you didn't think that there was any power available. Now, you all who were here last Sunday, you know that there was a gentleman sitting over here during our assembly who answered many questions. His name is Lauren. I made several references to Lauren, and I talked to him during the service. Lauren is a on-the-street drunk. We see him by the, come by the building several times a day. I see sometimes several times a day, several times a week, but sometimes more than once a day. And we give him food, and we talk to him, and we talk to the woman that was with him. Her name is Faye. And we would love to see Lauren and Faye changed. I talked to them very pointedly on Thursday of this week about how they need to have their lives changed. And we talked about how that could happen. On Monday night, I actually took him out to the reservation to see his parents, to see his dad, with the hope that maybe something could happen where Lauren would, maybe something would ring true with him and he would talk to his dad and relationship could be rekindled and he'd have a chance to really see his life changed. It was a disaster. I got there. His dad didn't want anything to do with him. He basically threw us off the property. He actually called the police so that the police would come and arrest Lauren. 
for being at the house. It was a disaster. And on the way home, Lauren was crying. And he said, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How is this going to change in my life? Now, I will admit, he was, he'd had a little bit too much to drink between the time in the morning when he said he wanted me to take him to the reservation. And when I picked him up at 6.30 to take him out there, he'd had something to drink. And Faye was totally passed out in my van. But here's a guy who was saying to me through his tears on the way back, I feel hopeless. And there are times when you feel the same way. There are times when you, you know you're like this. There are times when you say to yourself, how am I going to get out of this rut? How am I going to make the progress that I want to make? How can I progress? How can I be what God wants me to be? And I just want to tell you this morning that there is an answer. The answer, however, is not for you to just try harder. In fact, I guarantee you that won't work. And here's the reason why. There are three equations what I would call three equations of holiness in moving forward to be what God would want us to be. The first one looks like this. Law plus sinful nature equals sin equals death. And that's what I mean when I say you keep trying harder, but nothing good is going to happen. You can live the kind of lifestyle that says God has given us rules. He's given us a law. I'm going to live according to that law, and I'm going to somehow be what God wants me to be. Well, I promise you, and if you go back and read Romans 7, Paul says this so clearly. I promise you that if you try that method of being what God wants you to be, this will be the result every time. Trying to live out the law combined with the sinful nature that so much dominates our lives ends up in sin and death every time. It is an, it's an irrefutable law that that is the way that things are. Now, totally contrary to that, there is another law, and it looks like this. Christ, instead of living by the law, but living under Jesus and by Christ, and being filled with the Spirit or by the Spirit, equals holiness and equals abundant life. In total contrast to that first law, And that second one is available to you, it's available to me, it's available to Lauren. There is the possibility for us, for those of us who know Christ, to be filled by the Spirit and to have a holiness possessed in our life that equals the abundant life that Jesus calls us to and he wants for us to have. And so I look at my life and I say, boy, I'm not where I want to be. And God says, I can help that. I can fix that. I can do something about that. Here we go. Unfortunately... Most Christians are more like this, because this is the third law. Christ plus minimally filled nature equals spiritual dissatisfaction. I'm afraid that this is as true as the other two. And when we possess the Holy Spirit in our lives only to a degree... When we're not filled the way we talked about being filled last week, when we're not filled, spiritual dissatisfaction is the result. In fact, I I wanted to put prolonged sinfulness is the result because that's there too. There's just this sense that we can't be all that God wants us to be and the abundant life that he longs for us to have just is not going to be there when the spiritual fulfillment in our lives, being filled by the Spirit, is done only on a partial basis. And so here's the point. Living free from sin 
living out spiritual satisfaction, possessing the abundant life in Christ for which God created us, these things are directly dependent upon the extent to which Christ's spirit fills us. Now you need to read that sentence numerous times and drink it in and understand that point. Because what we want for God for to be in God is only available to us when we are filled right up with the Spirit. Now here's again how I know that. Look at this from Romans 8.11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the, his Spirit who lives in you. And so you have the chance to have this kind of life within you. This is the abundant life. This isn't just salvation from sin. It's not just being forgiven when you receive this kind of life. This is the abundant life that God calls us to, that he says can be ours. And he says it specifically is ours through the spirit who lives within us. And so here's a new equation to which we can pay attention, and we really do need to. Christ plus filled by the spirit equals holiness equals Abundant life. And that can be ours. There is no reason why that can't be ours. We can have that if we allow God to fill us. Now, I got this neat little illustration here. I've really been into these illustrations lately. And I've just got this one that I just think is so cool. And of course, I came up with this all on my own, and so I'm really proud of myself. If I take a little bit of water and I put it in this vase and then I take a little bit of food coloring and I put it in there with that water. Oh, I put too much in. I'm just wrecked the illustration. Okay. And I switch that around. All of you can see how blue that water is, can't you? Let's imagine that the water here and the blue, that the blue represents the level of sinfulness in our lives. And when we're not very full, it's a pretty dark blue. Now, I can't do this all that well because I don't have a container large enough to fill with water this morning. But you're going to see the point pretty easily. I just, if I had a 500-gallon tank, it would be better, but I can't carry it in here and I don't have 500 gallons worth of water, or of water. But if I do this, yeah, I got too much in there, but you'll get the point. It's not near as blue as it was, okay? And if I had, let's imagine that the auditorium was filled with water, then my illustration would be made. The point is, is that when you get filled up, sin is diluted. And in fact, if we had enough water, if this was as big as the ocean, and I had a little drop of food coloring in there, you have a little bit of water, the water's pretty blue, but the moment that you put in water from the ocean or put that drop into the Bow River, and all of a sudden it's not there. You can't see it. There's a filling that has transposed that sinfulness, and there's a sense in which it's been eradicated. 
by the presence of the water and made it new. And that's exactly what God does through his spirit if we make ourselves available to him and we need to. Now, for graphical purposes, for those of you who think, well, that was an illustration. We didn't really get the point because the water is too blue. Then let's do something else. Let's imagine a graph. And this is spirituality down here. The level to which you're filled. And this is holiness up here. I think, I'm no profound mathematician, but I think if things were just exactly the way we would want them to be, there would be like a 45 degree angle here that would exist between our spirituality and our holiness so that the more that I'm spiritually filled, the holier I am. So that there is a neat correspondence between being spiritual and the level of holiness that I have in my life. Or the level to which the spirit is present within me and the holiness, the right living that happens in my life. Unfortunately, that's not always how it is. In fact, there are a couple of other possibilities. One is, if it's the same axis here, we could have spirituality down here and holiness up here. And sometimes our arrows look like this. And when the arrow looks like this, I think that's called legalism. Where my behavior is based in something other than a deep spirituality and presence of the spirit. And I try and be holy. I try and be God, what God wants me to be. But I end up with doing it on a, a weakened spirituality. And unfortunately, what will happen in that case is you're going to go like this. There will be a constant up and down in your life. And I, I actually should have done it like this, I suppose, because the level of spirituality isn't really increasing. And I would say that that's legalism. Here's another possibility. You could do this. Your arrow could look like that. When your arrow looks like that, you talk the talk. And you look real spiritual, and it looks like your spirituality is profound, but unfortunately your behavior isn't transformed. And you don't ever reach the point that you need to reach in terms of your holiness. Now what I want you all to do right now is take your bulletin. I think there's a blank on the back. Is there a place in the back of your bulletin that says sermon notes? There's probably a pen in front of you in the pew, or you have one in your purse. And what I want you to do is this. I want you to look at the back of the bulletin where it says sermon notes or some other piece of paper that you have with you, whatever. Do it on the back of the order of assembly. And I want you to make your own graph with spirituality on the bottom and your level of holiness or righteousness, behavior, however you want to think of this, on the upper axis. And you know what I want you to do. I want you to draw your graph. Where do you think you fall? Because that's really the question, isn't it? Like we can talk about what God has done through his spirit in cleaning up our lives. We can talk about holy, the Holy Spirit, the goal of being what God wants us to be and the abundant life that can be ours. But the issue really is where are you at? It's not just a question of what has God done for us, what's available for us, but where are we at in our lives? 
And then at the end, if you say, you know, I'm really not where I should be, then what we need to do is we need to go back through all of this and go back to the beginning. But not that far. And we need to offer ourselves to God again. And we need to pray and ask again for God to fill us. Because this is what he wants. He wants to have this fantastic relationship with us where abundant life in him is ours. And if you're going to get it, you're not going to get it on your own by struggling with your holiness, struggling with the law, trying to be what God wants you to be. And you're not going to get it just by talking about it. But there has to be within you a decision made where you say, I am going to be what God wants me to be because I offer my life to him. I sacrifice myself to him. And the goodness of Jesus that is there for us to claim as ours in Christ is there for you to possess in its entirety. And the abundant life that God longs for you to have can be yours. Most likely on Saturday, I'm going to be in Victoria. Robin and I will probably go on Friday afternoon. And I'm going to have to do a funeral for a girl who died when she was 27. And I'm going to have to be there for grieving parents who want their daughter back. And it's all because, I probably won't say this to everybody there, but it's all because at some point, Jennifer decided that she was not going to wholly give herself to Jesus, but to do something else instead. And people all over the world make that choice. And it destroys their lives and the potential that they could have is lost. And I don't know what's going to happen with Lauren. I talk to him all the time about the progress that needs to be made and the decisions that he needs to make. I don't know if he'll do it. But no matter what's happened with Jennifer and no matter where Lauren is, when it comes to you and your personal spirituality, there is no reason in the world why you can't become all that God desires for you to be. God's waiting. His spirit is waiting to absolutely fill you up. Will you offer yourself to him? Will you ask the spirit to come and fill you in this way? Let's pray. Lord, we're focusing for months here on your spirit because of what you offer to us through your spirit. You give us something rich and deep and powerful and wonderful. And we know, God, that through the presence of your spirit, we can know you better. That our lives can conform to your will and that we can have the abundant life for which you created us. Help us, Father, to be open to that, to seize it in you.
transform our hearts through the presence and power of your spirit within us and make us new. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.